you know, we think of, uh, and I'm not sure how this happened, but uh, we often think about women that are in the family way, unable to really do a lot, but uh, that's not always been the case, and so it definitely wasn't the case during this time frame, and wasn't the case for most of human history that women, you know, felt like they couldn't do anything when they were pregnant. And so uh, Mary traveled 20 miles to see her cousin. Uh, that's what she felt like she was supposed to do. And so she uh, shows up at Elizabeth's house. Elizabeth greets her. And this is all part of that greeting. Uh, and, and the greeting is more than just a greeting. It's more than just saying, hello, how are you? We have customary greetings in our society and, uh, and all of that. But uh, this is more than that because the Bible tells us that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And after she was filled with the Holy Spirit, she began to prophesy to Mary. And, and these are and these are part of the words that she speaks. Well, there's some there's some truth in it's all truth, but there's some truth that we can apply to our lives through this. Even though we weren't really part of this conversation, we're just witnesses through the scriptures of the conversation. But there's things that she said when she began to prophesy that are true to us now here, our lives. And this is part of that, what she says to her right here. And so I want to look at this, and I want to break down what she says to Mary in this passage and, and really look at what about that really applies beyond just her cousin Mary. Applies just beyond what Mary's situation was. Applies beyond Mary's response to the Word of God in her life. It, it applies to us and to our lives when God speaks to us. And so uh, I really want to, to to look at this. And so what you see happening here is Elizabeth, when Mary arrived, uh, she was aware of Mary's approach. If you read the passage, she had uh, something happened in her. And her, her baby, John, had moved in a certain way. And she knew that John was responding to the arrival of Mary and the baby that Mary was carrying, Jesus. And so there was an awareness that Elizabeth had that Mary had arrived. There was something spiritual about that. There was something real about that. And she, like I said, she was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to prophesy. Mary, in response to the prophecy, broke out in joy, admiration, and gratitude. And so you have this mutual coming together when, they, when Mary arrived after this 20-mile journey to see Elizabeth, you see the Holy Spirit at work in both of them. And you see the work of the Holy Spirit not only, uh, not only making her aware of things, not only bringing about a response of, of one baby to the other, but also the work of the Holy Spirit in each of these moms, each of the cousins as they came together, because you see Elizabeth beginning to prophesy full of the Holy Spirit, and you see Mary responding to the prophecy. And Mary's response to the prophecy wasn't some canned thing. She wasn't just like, oh, well, this is what I'm supposed to say. And, and you know what I'm talking about. There's been times where I used to travel, and, uh, and when I was on the road uh, for ministry, I would go church to church. And oftentimes I'd be at churches, and someone would uh, say you know, at the end of service, they'd be like, brother, can I talk to you? And I'd say, sure. And so they said, well, I have this for you. And they give me a word of some kind. 
Now, sometimes they give me a word and it clicked immediately with me. I'm like, oh, this is God. Thank you for the encouragement. And, and I, I just have the, like a, a response. Like, this is awesome, you know. And then there's other times they say stuff to me, and I wouldn't dismiss it because that was a commitment I made to God from the very, like, almost the very beginning when I was traveling. I wouldn't dismiss anything anybody said. I would take it, even if it didn't make any sense to me, even if it seemed like it was going against what God was doing in my life, even if it wasn't something that I could really see at that time, I would still take that word and I would pray into it to see what God would have to say about it. And that was a commitment I made to Him. And so, in those circumstances, my response was more canned. In other words, well, thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. They all for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. I'm going to commit it to prayer, and I'm going to see what God said. It was an honest answer. It was an honest response to it, but it wasn't, you know, what I would call breaking out. And, and, but the ones that really, I mean, that I would hear them, and I just knew it's like, oh, this is God. I would break out because it was an honest response too. To, to something awesome that God was doing. And if you've prophesied over people, you've seen that. You've seen people that will just break out in joy. And we find that even in evangelism, you know, you're with people that really never been prophesied over before, don't really know Jesus, don't really have any experience with God. But, you know, you prophesy over them, but it, but it witnesses something to them. Like, how could they know that? How could they hear that? How do they, how do they speak that to me? And they just break out with, with a joyful response, with gratitude, with, with something. There's an honest response to that. And then there's other times people are just like, well, thanks. I'll take that under consideration. You know, and, and really, truthfully, God's spoken to me both ways. He's spoken to me uh, in times where I immediately responded, and, and really he's spoken to me in times where it's been more I had to pray into that, but then God used it to really speak into my life after that. So, you know, my response doesn't dictate what God's Word is. You understand what I'm saying? If I hear it, if I hear it and it makes perfect sense to me or I see it or I feel it, that's awesome and I'll respond to that. But other times when I didn't feel or sense any of those things and yet I committed it to prayer, God used it to speak into my life just as strongly as the other one. And we don't really get to pick and choose which kind of word we receive. But sometimes we see things and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're aware of things and sometimes we're not. And so just I encourage you to be careful to just recognize when God is speaking to if, if it doesn't, if you immediately don't respond and, and it's not immediate that, oh, I, I really know this is something that God is saying, to commit it to prayer and see what he might say afterwards. There are plenty of other ones that I committed it to prayer and it came to nothing and I forgot all about it because I, I didn't get anything. But that was okay. I'm not going to discourage anybody from praying over me. I'm not going to discourage anybody from prophesying over me. It's just the way it is. But Mary, in, in this particular circumstance that we're reading about here, Elizabeth, when she began to prophesy full of the Holy Spirit, Mary knew and just responded. Because part of her prophecy was uh, a confirmation of things that Mary had been told already that Elizabeth would have no way of knowing about. But she was confirming things that the angel had said. She was confirming things that had been already spoken over her. And so she just immediately responded to that. And the other side of that, don't be afraid to break out. All right? 
Sometimes you just need to break out. Sometimes you just need to respond emotionally to something. It's all right. I don't come from an emotional family. You know, we're not one of those families. We didn't hug and kiss all the time. I had to train myself to hug people. All right? You know, like, hug. Like, we hug a lot. We're going to hug it out here. And, and so we do hug, but I didn't come from that. I didn't come from that. And the first time I, I met people that kiss each other on the cheek, that was weird. All right? I, wasn't, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, thanks. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and so it, it you know, I, I think one of the first times I was really around that a lot was uh, when I went to visit, I went to meet June's family. And uh, and so her family, New York City roots, uh, coming from whatever backgrounds they came from. I mean, they're all from the Bronx. They they're just very demonstrative emotionally and very demonstrative when they greet people and very demonstrative when 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 you say hi or you say bye and they kiss you on the cheek or you know like, whatever. But that's just the family thing. That's what they did. I just had never really been around that. And so I didn't know what to do. And I just want to just encourage you to be open. It's like when, when something happens, like what happens here, and, and Mary just, I mean, she just knew that she knew, and God was speaking, and God was moving, and Elizabeth was full of the Holy Spirit, and all these things are happening. Just respond. And, and, and maybe you respond some way, and, and maybe it's different the way another person responds, but at least respond. Don't just uh, ignore things. Don't just let things pass. But let's respond when God says something. Let's respond when God does something. Let's allow for that emotional response. God made our emotions. And and us suppressing that thing that God has made in us, I don't think is good for us. And, and like I said, it took me a while to figure out how to express things, and it took me a while. I'm still figuring out how to express things. But you know what? I know God made emotions. I know he did. And I don't want to be just, just living in such a way that I never express anything. I never say anything. I never react to anything. Because I don't believe that's how God intended for us to live. So I encourage you toward that, especially if you came from a background that you know, wasn't so emotional, like overtly. And, and and if you came from that kind of background, you may have to work on it a little bit. Get some stuff freed up, put some WD-40 on it and get it freed up so it gets moving, all right? Because that's how it goes. And you have to think about it. Because if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, nothing changes. So you have to make an effort. You have to look at something and say, this needs to change somehow. This needs to to be different than what it's been. And because you're looking at it and saying it needs to be different than what it's been, then you have to make some changes in you in order to see that begin to happen. And so uh, whatever that's going to mean in your life, it's going to mean. But I, I think it's significant that Mary just broke out in joy. I think it's significant that she just broke out in gratitude as they greeted one another. Uh, Let's start with one thing, I think, from what Elizabeth said here, that you can take from this, and that is God speaks. 
uh, and most of you believe that, and so you're wondering, why would I keep saying that? You hear me say that every now and then in my teachings, is that God speaks. Well, there's generations of people that don't believe that. There's generations of people that don't believe that God still speaks. They believe that we have the Bible and that's it. I mean, that's a lot, but they believe that's, that was the end. There's no more speaky. There's no more talky. It's done. And so you got the Bible, love it, live it, that's it, that's all you got. But we don't really believe that. We believe that the Bible's awesome and it's God's Word. And, and you've heard me talk about, I don't know how many times I've read through the Bible. I read through the Bible every year. I believe in it. I believe in investing in it. I, I do. And I think that's an important revelation of who God is. It keeps us on track. It doesn't change. It's awesome. But it's not all there is. So I think God still speaks. I think God speaks into circumstances, situations. He speaks into your life. I think there's a dynamic relationship that God desires to have with us. And in that dynamic is communication. Because you can't have much of a relationship without any communication. And so we pray. We'll pray. And so we're talking, talking, talking. And if you've ever had anybody just talk at you nonstop, you know how annoying that is. You do. You understand how annoying it is to be in some kind of a relationship or conversation with somebody, and they're the ones that do all the talking. It's tiresome. And if we're going to have a relationship with God, we're going to have a relationship with Jesus, we're going to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit in our life, then there needs to be some kind of communication. I don't know any other way to have a relationship. And so there has to be moments where we're talking. We call that prayer. So we talk. But there's moments that we need to listen and hear what God has to say. That's also prayer. Because prayer is two ways. It's, it's us talking and Him talking. The first duty I had, one of the first assignments I had in the kingdom, I, I'd, I'd come to know Jesus in college, and I started attending a, a Christian group that was on campus. And so I was going to this Christian group, and I'd been there maybe twice, and somebody came up to me and said, Hey, brother, you want to run prayer meeting? So I'm like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? We don't care. Nobody goes. But if you can be there to open the door, you know, and we really appreciate it. And you can just run prayer meeting. Like, all right. So I, was, I agreed to do it. And I was I mentioned the other day, I used to go to a Bible study at a Lutheran church. And the reason I went to the Lutheran church because it was right across the street from my dorm. I mean, literally right across the street. You walk out the door of my dorm, and the church was right there. So I went to a Monday night Bible study at this Lutheran church, and that was the Bible study where they just got stuck on the genealogies for like a semester. It was, yeah, three months on genealogies. Well, anyway, they had a table of free books that was at this Bible study. And I was looking at the table one night after Bible study, and there was a book on it. And it was this, it was like a, and you could tell it was from the 60s or 70s. Well, this was only the 80s, but it was from the 60s or 70s because it had like flowers on it. You know, like the, the draw, the, like the little circle with the petals around it, flowers that were in different colors. And it was a hippie book. And it was a whole hippie book on prayer. 
That's what it was. And so I grabbed it because I didn't know anything about it, right? And I'm now in charge of the prayer meeting. So I grabbed this book, and it was only like, I don't know how many pages. It was one of those little paperbacks. And I read it real quick because prayer meeting was coming up. And so I read this book, and what this book had to say, and I didn't know any better, it, it, it said a few things. I'll share them with you, all right? I can still remember. They're not that complicated. It was what I was just talking about. You're going to have prayer. Well, prayer is conversation. This is, this is the main point on it. Prayer is conversation. And so if you're going to have a conversation, you have to speak, but you also have to listen. And then, and then, they had this other thing where they're talking about, like, now if you're in a group, which is the part I really needed to know, if you're in a group, like there's four or five of you sitting around, and you're all praying, well, you speak, you listen, but there's also those people in the group, and you can speak to one another, and speak to God, and listen to one another, and listen to Him, because that's how groups communicate. And so you should have that expectation when you're at prayer. That that maybe you say something, I'll be like, yeah, I agree with that. I didn't even think of that. Good point, Missy. And then then talk to God about it, and maybe He says something, but that person didn't even think of that before, and so they say something else, and that person says something else, and all of a sudden you have a conversation going on during your prayer time. Now, I know that sounds messy. But the hippies didn't care about messy. Remember them? I mean, if you ever saw any movies about them, you're too young to remember hippies. But, not Alan, but, or Jeannie. But, but if you understand hippies, they didn't really care about being messy. Because most of them were dirty anyhow. And so they were just messy. It was okay. And, and so they, that's how they went about it. These are Jesus people. Hippie Jesus people. And, and so... And so I, I was—I hadn't been around long enough to know that that was weird. Okay, does that sound, that sound weird, right? But I didn't know it sounded weird. I thought that's how you did it. So I just—we had prayer meeting, and so that's how I started running prayer meeting. I said, "All right, well, let's let's just do it." And so we all, you know, like it was me, for, I think I was the only one there. But then somebody else came and whoever. And I'm like, this is how we're going to do this. So every time somebody came, I said, this is how we're going to do this. And I just explained to them. So they're like, wow, yeah, all right. You know, they're college students. They don't care. And so, and so that's how we did prayer. That was, that was how it started. But it was a conversation. And it was me and this person and God and all of us talking and listening and spending time with one another. And half an hour would go really fast. It just go really fast. But God, it, 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 but buried in all of that is that God speaks, right? That it's not just some some cold just some cold monologue that we're having where we just say the right things and then it's over. But God speaks, and so it's a dynamic, it's a dialogue where I speak, He speaks, you speak, she speaks, He speaks, and, and we all listen to one another and to Him. And so this 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 dynamic is important for us to actually encounter and grow in our relationship with God. You see, Mary had believed what the angel spoke to her. She had physical evidence, right? 
of what the angel said. So she's pregnant. And so she knows she's pregnant. You can tell. I mean, I don't know personally you can tell, but I believe you can tell. From what I've spoken to women, even before anybody can see the bump, they know. They know. And so she knew. And so she had physical evidence of it. She had believed what the angel had spoken to her. So it was more than her just being pregnant. There were other things that the angel had said. Other things that the angel had told her about what was going on, what was happening, and what would happen in the future. And so she had believed what had been said. Now, also see through this that Elizabeth... Elizabeth began to prophesy over her. And I want to say this, that the spirit of prophecy, that spirit of prophecy that that was on her, the Holy Spirit filled her, a spirit of prophecy came on her. It doesn't say she was a prophetess. Alright, do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't say she was a prophetess. It speaks of the spirit of prophecy coming on her and speaking through her. But whether she's a prophetess or not, doesn't matter. What's important about this is that prophecy never ceases. Never. And you can look at any age, church in the church age, in church history, you can go to the deepest, darkest age of church history. Dark ages. They call them the dark ages. You can go right to the dark ages. One of the things that uh, I, I was privileged to do when I was in school, there were a number of courses at the school I attended that I could take. Now, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, any kind of a Christian. It was a state school. But there was a number of courses at that school that I could take that really be, that, that were just important to me because they spoke to different eras. And there was one course I took, Age of Reformation. And and there was another course I took. It was a church age or something like that. There were history courses. And in these courses, I was just reading the books, and there, these were books that were written during the time. These weren't books written after the time, trying to describe it. But these were like contemporary books, but describing that there were officials that were in the church at that time that spoke in tongues. Now, you wouldn't think that. But there were, even in the Dark Ages. There were uh, books that described the officials, the popes or whoever, cardinals, uh, that or bishops or whoever, that had all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and operated in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these were really dark times. But you never hear about that. And yet it was written right in the source materials from that time. And it just reminded me as I was reading through those that you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit don't cease. And they never ceased. And I know there's people that believe that. They believe that God doesn't speak now, that the gifts aren't around or whatever, but they never ceased. They, they never stopped. There's no age, there's no church age from, from the day of Pentecost till today where there weren't gifts in the church. There's just none. And, I, and that's just not me talking. That's source materials that, that people wrote during those time frames that describe people moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They continue on. And so God never stops speaking. He continues to speak. And so from, from the Old Testament all the way from the beginning, the creation, all 
all the way down through all the history of the Old Testament into the New Testament through Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, the church age, all through the history, the thousands of years of history of the church, God has never, ever stopped speaking. He doesn't. And, and there's always been a prophet. There's always been someone that prophesied. There's always been someone that spoke his word. There's always been someone that preached. There's always been someone that has responded to the Holy Spirit in and through their life. The spirit of prophecy never ceases. And that's because it's the Holy Spirit who's the source. And he never stops. Ever. Because you think about all the people on the face of the earth, somebody's willing. And the Holy Spirit's going to find them. If someone's willing, the Holy Spirit will find them, and He never stops. Okay? Ever. So Elizabeth speaks this word. She prophesies this word. Because, again, it never stops. And by doing that, she confirms the words of the angel to Mary. She gives her comfort and joy. In other words, it's one thing for you to have an experience. Think about this for a second. And I've had this happen to me, where I have an experience with God. And God tells me something, God shows me something, God says something to me. But then I meet somebody that has a similar experience, that heard something really similar to what I heard. There's a lot of joy and comfort in that. Because, I don't know about you, but spiritual experiences sometimes, you can start to think, maybe, you might be nuts, depending on what the experience is. Because the whole world is witnessing, or trying to witness against you. Like in other words, here's what God told me, here's how he's told me to live. Everybody else on the face of the earth thinks something completely different than you, Right? You know, and so then what creeps in there? It creeps in, well, maybe I'm a little bit nuts. So there's things I believe. There's things I believe that I've been sharing with people during this time of fasting and prayer. There's things that I believe are going to happen. They're going to happen quickly, and they're going to happen soon. There's no indication of any of those things happening. None. And they're only a few days, you know, a couple weeks away or whatever it is. And there's no reason for me to actually believe that. And I'm not the kind of person that says stuff like that. Normally, I don't know. And I'll tell you, I don't know. But I just, there's something about this time where I have a word that I just really believe is going to come to pass. And so I just share it with people. And no one's, you know, come on board with me and saying, yeah, I had the same thing. No, I like that. But if they did, I'd feel really good about that. But they haven't. All right? So I'm just going to keep going. But that's why I brought up, you know, it's, it's sometimes if it's just you, think about just Mary. She has this experience with an angel. And it's like, well, I know she's pregnant, but all these things are going to come to pass. It's going to be okay. Is it going to be okay? Do you know? You hope, right? You believe, right? You believe it's going to be okay. But then there's always that, that kind of nagging thought, well, maybe I'm just nuts. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. So it's good to be around people that can confirm things. It's good to be around people full of the Holy Spirit. It's good to be around people that can, can come alongside, can share in that vision, can share in what God has said. If that's His will, if that's what He wants to do, and He brings those people your way, well, rejoice in that. Take comfort in that. It's good. That's why we need each other. 
It's always good to be around other people full of the Holy Spirit. It's always good to be around people who prophesy. It's always good to be around people who move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because it might be that day you get that comfort. You might get that confirmation. You might get that joy from that person. That's good. If not, all I can say is keep going. That's what Mary did. And so Mary... And, and this is what Elizabeth says to her. Now follow this. This is an important part of this. So, so Elizabeth says, and, and he speaks to her, that Mary is blessed in the act of believing. Okay? She's blessed in the act of believing. Elizabeth pronounced her blessed because she believes what God has said. She believes what God has said. And so the the act of faith, the act of believing, Elizabeth speaks, and this is one of those truths, uh, another truth. I mean, the first truth that is God speaks. second truth is that there's a blessing in believing. And that's why Elizabeth, he, she pronounces that over her. Her faith is the key element. So let's look at Luke 11. Luke 11, verses 
And then regardless of whether people want to make it something else or whatever, and they do, okay, well, whatever. But clearly, though, Jesus corrected that. Because people were trying to make it about that even during the life of Jesus. And he corrected it. And so, if it needs to be corrected in your mind, let it be corrected. Especially, again, if you came up in a particular vein of Christianity, then you know what I'm talking about. You know, as was just mentioned, that's why Mary gets in the half shell in people's lawns, right? Right? Yeah. Because they want to believe something about her that Jesus corrected in Luke chapter 11, all right? And so, let's look at it as an issue of faith. Let's look at it as an issue of belief. Because if we keep it at an issue of belief, that's something that we can begin to move into. Because what happened was that Mary had received a word. Remember what Jesus said? Blessed are they that hear my words and do it. So she had received a word and she believed what the angel had said and she was doing it. Right? That's where the blessing is. And so Elizabeth props that over and says you're blessed in the act of believing. And the word act, I want you to understand, is action. Right? A-C-T. Act. I-O-N. Action. It's doing. And the doing of believing. The living it out is where the blessing is. That's where the blessing is. Somebody look at Joshua 23.14. Joshua 23.14. Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. You know, with all your heart and soul, and not one of the good promises the Lord, your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Thank you. So what that says to us is when God says something, what can you count on? It's done. It's done. Right. And so there's a particular blessing in, belie- in the act of believing. And here is how it manifests in our life. This is part of the blessing. The prophetic word, the promise, is going to come to pass. That's what's going to happen. The prophetic word, the promise, the word of God is going to come to pass. That is where our faith comes in. That we believe that. And when we believe that, we live in it. And when we live in it, we do it. That's just it. And so there's a blessing in that. And here's where I want you to see the blessing. Because what that allows us to do, if we choose to live this way, is to live beyond nature and to live beyond human reason. To live beyond nature and to live beyond human reason. Now what do I mean by that? Living beyond nature, uh, we have a word for that. It's called super natural. Okay? That is beyond nature. And so we serve a God who is, by his very nature, supernatural. He's beyond nature. So he is able to do things that we cannot naturally produce. 
that are not produced naturally in in nature. What I mean, I mean like people being healed isn't naturally done. It's not done in nature. And so when people are healed, there's something supernatural that happens in their lives. There's provision that comes into our life that just doesn't happen. It's not happenstance that it just takes place. It's beyond nature. It's also beyond reason. There's certain things we're not going to be able to figure out. There's certain things we're not going to be able to, to, to boil down to a certain set of ideas that we can somehow put into practice. There's just certain things that are beyond that. You just are. And so when those things occur, now I'm a big believer, I, I like logic, I believe in using your reasoning, I believe in using your mind, I believe in using your brain. But it's not, I don't believe it's the end all, the end all of where God has for us. And uh, years ago, it, it used to be that people looked at logic and they looked at reason as really being the end all. I mean, of uh, just just the best we're ever going to do. And, of course, you know, I would argue that. I think there's more. I think that, that there's wisdom from God. I think there's supernatural understandings that only God can give. And I'd argue that way. And we've reached a point now where I don't know if they even teach logic anymore. If I started speaking to somebody like, do you understand, you know, if P then Q? You know, I mean, do you understand any of that? You know, if I'm just talking about basic logic formulas and, and uh, I don't know, discrete mathematics, anything, anybody know? So understanding that is to understand that I don't even know if they teach that anymore. Because I remember when I was doing youth, uh, I would go over certain logical equations to figure things out like I'd put a just as a as an exercise and I just put a a, a problem on the on the um, overhead thing and on the projector and and we look at the problems like well how would you figure that out and I can't tell you how many times like I don't know and it wasn't that hard. It was just something, it was just some, you know, simple logic question that if you just understood basic deductive logic, you'd be able to figure it out. Well, they couldn't figure it out. And so I don't want to give the impression that I'm not, I don't believe in logic. I don't believe in using, you know, deductive, inductive, logical skills and figuring things out that you can figure out. I think all those are great skills to have. What I'm saying is I think there's more. I say, yeah, have those. Understand. Use those. Use your reasoning. Use, use the, the, all of the skills that you have. Use your mind. All right? But there's more. And that's the part that I think is so fascinating and that's released into our lives through these supernatural blessings of the prophetic word. Because God will say things sometimes that don't make any sense to us. And yet, that's what he says. And the one thing we can, if we have faith and we believe it, they're going to come to pass. Whether, whether we can see it or we can't, whether it makes sense to us or it doesn't. I was just telling you earlier, there's things that God spoke to me that are going to come to pass, even though I look at it and I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how it's going to happen. Can't. I can't do it. And yet, I believe it is. And I'm going to stand by that. So I just believe it. But there's a blessing in that. Because I'm not bound by what I can figure out anymore. 
I'm not bound by what I can actually see myself because there's more, there's, there's a bigger picture that I can't see. And I recognize that. I recognize that. I don't know the beginning from the end. I don't know the alpha from to the omega. I don't know it. And because I don't know it, I, I have to leave room somewhere in my heart, somewhere in my life for someone who does. And if he speaks into this and he speaks something, I'm going to believe that and I'm no longer bound by my experience. I'm no longer bound by my ability to reason something out. Because someone greater than me, someone awesomer than me, mightier than me, I know awesomer isn't a word, but that's okay, and just, 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 just beyond my capability has spoken something to me and I'm going to believe him for what he said. There's a blessing in that. I don't have to be bound. I can believe in the one who is greater. So I'm not bound by nature. I'm not bound by human reason. Because what God says is done. What he says is done. And so faith, our faith in what he says, our faith in his word, our act of believing, what's an act, an action, putting it into practice, what we believe. Our act of believing releases the blessing of God's reality in our midst, in our lives. That's what happens. And so when Elizabeth spoke this over Mary, she was blessed. Blessed is she who believes that what God has said will come to pass. That's where the blessing is. And so all of us, I think, can somehow relate to this. I think there's been times in our life where God says something and it's contrary to what we thought. Or there's times in our life where God says something and we can't figure out how it's going to ever happen. Or God says something and it doesn't seem like that's the way things are going. And yet, that's what happens. And we have to think about those times every now and then and remember that God isn't bound by nature. He's not bound by our reason. He's not bound by our experience. He's not bound by any of those things. He just does what He wants. And so our faith in Him is what releases us from human reason and releases us from being bound by nature. It lets us go beyond that to release his blessing into our reality, whatever that might be. You know, that could be provision in our lives. We need X amount. You know, some of the first lessons I learned as a Christian were about provision. And God just sending money to a poor college student, sending money my way when I needed it. You know, I, I showed up, and you can't do this anymore probably, but I would show up every semester with no courses. That would be very good because I couldn't pay the bill ahead of time. And so I'd register with everybody else, but then all my courses would get dropped because I couldn't pay the bill. So I'd work all summer or all winter or however it was on the breaks. I'd get enough money up, and then I'd pay the bill, and then I'd have to force into every class I needed to get into. I got to know my professors. They hated seeing me coming. <laughs> But 
that's the way it was because I, I couldn't afford it. I don't even think you could do this anymore, but that, that's how it was. And there were just some semesters I'd show up and I just didn't have enough money, but then money would come. Where? I don't know. Strange places. Strange places. But those were some of the first lessons that I learned as a Christian. That I, you know, I did my, I did the part I was going to do. I went out, I worked, I worked three jobs some summers. I was doing what I, I needed to do, but I just came up short sometimes. And you know what? Something happened, and I was still able to go and finish and do what I was going to do on time. Other times where, uh, I remember one specific time, I was still in school, and God spoke to me and said, I want you to you know, go to this conference. And this conference was down in Florida. And I wasn't going spring break. It wasn't an MTV conference or anything. It was just a, it was a Christian conference. He said, go to this conference. And, uh, and it was going to be $1,000. And so I borrowed money for somebody for $1,000, and I told him I'd pay him back when I got back. How am I going to pay him back when I get back? I can't afford to go to school, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And uh, went down to the thing. It was awesome. Learned a bunch of stuff. Really reset a lot of how I saw God. Really reset the way that I saw myself, which is probably more important in that sense. And, and, and I received ministry. I received a lot of just, just laying on of hands, anointing when I was down there. Came back and got an envelope in the mail with the money in it. Where'd that come from? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Paid it off, though. So they'll pay the person back when I returned. Those are some of the first lessons I learned. Because I couldn't be bound by what I could see. I couldn't be bound by my own reason and trying to figure things out. And I couldn't be bound by whatever would become naturally. But it had to be. And I had to put myself in a position where I began to live in a supernatural reality for my life. That what God says is done. And I believe it. So I want to encourage you tonight to just allow for the supernatural, really. And it all starts with you just believing God. It all starts with you believing His Word. It all starts with you believing what He said. And, and the act of belief, in other words, again, we look at that word act, action. The action, the actual living out of your belief is what releases that blessing into your life the supernatural into your life that reality into your life so I pray for you Father we give you thanks for uh, just your God who speaks the first thing we looked at was your God who talks your God who speaks your God who communicates with us he never stopped from the very beginning with with uh, the creation. You spoke and all things are. It was the act of you speaking. You've been speaking from the very beginning. Let there be light. Yeah. 
that he spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. That he continued to speak to people all throughout the history of the Old Testament. He continued to speak, God, through the prophets. And there was always a prophet. You continue to speak, God, into the New Testament. You spoke through Jesus. There were still prophets in the New Testament. During the time, uh, even when Jesus was born, there were prophets that were in the temple. Now, in the New Testament church, there were prophets. Agabus was a prophet. There were other prophets in the New Testament church. God, there were, there were those that moved in the gifts of the Holy Spirit all throughout the church age. The thousands of years that the church has been in existence, there's always been somebody who's been moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, been moving in prophecy, been moving in the word of knowledge, been speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. There's never been a time where somebody hasn't been because your Holy Spirit is real and He's active. And he's always going to find somebody that's willing. And so God, I thank you that you're God who speaks. I pray we believe you. I pray we believe you. That when you speak, we believe what you say. And we put it into action. And I thank you that there's a blessing in our act of believing that releases us from the self-imposed boundaries of our own mind and our experiences into a greater reality that goes far beyond this natural world that we live in and I want that I want that I want that in my life. I want that affecting my life. I want to live in that. I want that manifested in my life. So I give you thanks tonight. Thanks for your blessing. And thanks for the opportunity to live bigger. Give you honor and praise tonight. UCF of Syracuse is a relational gathering of diversity in action. Economics, education, employment, background, and culture span the spectrum as we gather for the purpose of life in Christ. No, me and Christ are homies. That's good. He's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know? He's super close, yo. Your homeboy? Yeah. All right. Anyways, so musicians, writers, painters. You know, my cousin's a painter. Yeah? What do you paint? Houses. Oh, man. My cousin, your cousin should hook up. Yeah. So yeah, painters and other artists express their work through the body of life of this faith community, like the comunidad. Yeah, see, so there's a lot of people. Yeah. No. Started in 1997. That's a long time ago, yo. That's back in the day. That was before I had my eyebrows tattooed on there. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As an outgrowth of chaplaincy of Syracuse University, UCF continues to gather in the Westcott neighborhood of Syracuse. Oh, me and my homegirls, we walk up and down there all the time. I know, that's our hood. Mm-hmm. So it's in Syracuse, New York, to share the love and hope of Christ. Again, we, we homies. You know, yeah. That's these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.